Some Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. I hadn't ever read something so honest and so, at times, you know, raw almost to being uncomfortable, but still so honest and human. Dakota Johnson was caught off guard by the script for The Lost Daughter. The actress then met writer and director Maggie Gyllenhaal for lunch in New York, who she calls a seeker of truth. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talked to Dakota Johnson about her experience working on Netflix's The Lost Daughter, the adaptation of the Elena Ferranti novel. But first, our Award Circuit panel discusses this weekend's new releases, including Spencer with Kristen Stewart and Eternals with Gemma Chan, and much, much more. It's all on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Well, happy November, everybody. I'm your old pal, Michael Schneider, joined by Clayton Davis. Hello. 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 Happy post-spooky uh, Halloween. First Halloween in, uh, the, in the state of California. It was fun. Yeah? It went well? Um, I did, I did learn that you guys don't start trick-or-treating until it's dark out. And since there are no streetlights on my street, I don't know how that happens. Because that's dangerous. That is, but you can mug other kids for their candy. So That is true. Yeah. I do like mugging kids. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle Riley, who had the costume of the year. <laughs> Promising <Really>? Young Woman. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dope. I expected to see a lot more Promising Young Women. So Someone joked, my friend Jamie joked that mine was a knockoff you would get at Party City. What did he, what did he call it? Um, youthful Lady with Potential. that's right that's right i gotta avoid any copyrighted titles so but solid janelle always bring in the uh the 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 solid halloween game every year honestly wasn't a costume person until the last three years and first got forced into it by my friends who wanted to do a wet hot american summer cosplay and then uh yeah then the following year i went as kendall roy but -hmm. nobody knew who i was because succession was not a thing yet yeah, you were early on with the L to the OG <laughs> costume, so that's... For the following year, I would get texts from people saying, I'm caught up in succession and I understand your costume now. <laughs> <laughs> and Jazz Tank, hey Jazz, how was your Halloween? I gave out candy, I did not dress up. That's what I did. Wow. Yeah. And I well, did go ghost hunting in Savannah, though, but... Oh! I refused to, I refused to go. How many ghosts did you see? Three in my room. Wow. Wait, what? In your room? But that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> we'll save that for most haunted. Clayton's like, shape. what you can't see is Clayton shaking his head. He is. Like, it, 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 was, it was literally the stereotypical horror movie with Jazz being the most surprising that she was part of that. She was like, let's go ghost hunting. And people were like, yeah, let's do that. Let's go to haunted hayride. Let's go here. Let's go into a cemetery, a dead people cemetery. Nope. Oh, by the way, do you know that Savannah has the largest concentration of un excavated bodies in the United States? And let's go look at where they are. I was like, I am the minority. I die first. Hell no. <laughs> I will go home. It was what does very that make Jazz? Jazz is a minority woman. Uh, which is why it was surprising for me to see her <laughs> act this way. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not going. Or I'm not going. Possessed. 
that is, yeah. Well, I'm glad to see you both here and in the the flesh virtually. I won't, course, I won't go but... around Jazz for a while though, because she has a ghost attached to her. I'm not gonna catch her back. Oh, it's an insidious thing. Yeah. Oh, oh you no, brought it, no, you brought you. it back. Well, yeah. well, well. Welcome back, both of you. Uh, your your travels continue on on the uh, the film fest circuit. But uh, Clayton, why don't you uh, kick things off with the uh, the big uh, release of the week? Oh, what, what what big release? That little movie called Spencer from director Pablo Lorraine that stars, oh, what's her name again? Janelle, what do we- K-Stu. K-Stu, K-Stu <laughs> with the brute. Listen, a newly engaged Kristen Stewart. Congratulations, yeah, Kristen congratulations. Stewart. Yeah, what, what, what's the cynic of the timing, of course. Like, how, <laughs> <laughs> oh. what, what, a, what a coincidence. <laughs> You have a movie coming out this weekend, but okay. Yeah, because Kristen Stewart seems like someone who really, you know, she cares about. To, yeah, she cares so <laughs> much about uh, uh, what is it the, about the publicity of it all? Yeah, she is. <laughs> all right, all she's right. so much fun. Um, no, but yeah, Spencer is finally hitting theaters this week, starring Best Actress hopeful Kristen Stewart and a very very mean looking Timothy Spall by the way just very well, very mean. Uh, wh- where do you see a sweet cuddly Timothy Spall I um, would ask you I, I think he's oh in, in well he's been um what's Timothy Spall like uh, that yes, he doesn't exist no it does <laughs> I will I will look it up when someone else starts talking after that but yes um I the movie's going to hit I think much suspicion leading up to this point is this isn't going to play very well for regular people just because of the nature of the way the film is structured and people I think are still going to walk in and want to see the crown, but it's not going to matter. It's still going to get a ton of awards uh, attention and it will have it has some good momentum. They've been doing a ton of screenings. I moderated um, a Q and a for Academy members just last week uh, that Jeff Goldblum was in attendance at. I met Jeff Goldblum and that was fun. He's very Isn't that tall. always funny when there's like, Famous people in the audience. Yeah. And and then there was like a little reception after. And then uh, Jeff Goldblum also gave me a hug. But I, I think he thought I was someone else. Because ah! we, we had not <laughs> met before. But I took the hug anyway. And then we walked out together. And then we were talking. It was fun. Who do you who do you get mistaken for? Who do you think I have he... No, I have no idea yeah. who he thought I was. I, for all I know, he thought I was Mike Schneider. Like, uh, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. Yeah, that's really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say uh, a little over 20 years ago, I uh, was at a screening, a pre-screening of Mystery Men and Guillermo del Toro was there and someone introduced me and said like, oh, this is Janelle. And I guess he thought that he said Janine. So he was uh. like, oh, you with the bowling ball, you're hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm not Janine Garofalo. And he said, ah, that's OK. You don't know who I am either. And I was like, no, no, sir, I do. <laughs> I know. Believe me. <laughs> By the way, for the record. Cuddly, sweet Timothy Spall in Vanilla Sky. I don't even remember him in Vanilla Sky. He, he's he's like Tom Cruise's like business friend that like tries to uh, hold on to his business for him while oh. he goes through his face transformation. Clayton, that's a, that's a reach. <laughs> was he sweet uh, and enchanted too? I think he was right. Vaguely. Uh, I think we need to examine your guys' definitions of sweet and charming. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Spall is delightfully uh, sour, and that's one of the reasons I love him. Yeah. And I'm curious, how did that play uh, with the audience? Because I think the last few times I've seen that film has been at a film festival, and we saw it at Middleburg, right? And yeah. then at Savannah. Wait, how many times have you seen this movie, Jazz? Well, I've seen it one, one time in fall, and then... 
half. In a, in, a, in a festival. Mm, gotcha. um, yeah, I, it played, it, I mean, listen, the, the audience ate it up. They gave her a ton of praise. I think it's, I think it's very, very, very well liked. And I still stand by, I think Pablo Lorraine is going to be interestingly competitive for a director. Cause I think it's a very well directed film. Even oh, if you absolutely. don't get on board with like the film as a whole, it, it, I, I, th- I think it's, I, you know, I think, they, I think Academy members are, they get their marching orders sometime around this part of the year. They know they have to make time for it. I think that part is done. So they will watch it. It's about how much, how far they go with it will be the question. I appreciate that it wasn't the crown. I, I don't like oh, biopics yeah. that like try to span an entire life. It almost never works. I can't think of Slice one, of honestly. Life. Right. And so like setting it on this one weekend and who can't relate to like a holiday weekend with their in-laws, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's a little bit of a horror film, you know, it's, it's, and she's so good it's just, it's fascinating to see, like, I, I, I saw it with a SAG audience who just went bonkers for it. Really? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah they really appreciated, really, really thought she was outstanding. Actually, like the whole cast, really like S- Sally Hawkins, when her name came up, yeah. got lots of cheers. Yeah. I mean, the whole, everyone in it is great. Awesome. But yeah, uh, well, yeah, so this will be, I, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how much money it makes this weekend, because obviously all the case do. Fans and stands are going to be there in very heavy attire. I wonder if they'll go uh, dressed up as Princess Diana. That might be interesting. To <laughs> By see. the way, this is a good time to plug the Diana musical, which is you can watch on Netflix. And I don't know why this thing hasn't exploded like cats. It is hilarious. Oh, actually, I actually haven't it seen is, it yet. Oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> l- let me give you a sample of the lyrics. Uh, when, uh, when, uh, Prince, uh, William is born, Charles yeah. sings, you've given me a son. Jolly well done. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. It is so, I mean, forget cats. This is just delightful. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't like, know why I, everyone's I, not I, talking I, about it. I, I kind of want to end the episode and just go watch it now. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> and, that's a, and that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Watch it after you see Spencer, because otherwise you might giggle during Spencer. Yeah, so yeah. go see Spencer this weekend and then wait a couple days. Watch the Diana musical. It is, there's so much wrong with it. It's delightful. Isn't there just so much Diana saturation at this point? Yeah, and 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 how does that going to impact? Well, which Spencer? is funny. Which is funny because we fought for it for so long to get some Diana content, and then we got the Naomi Watts Diana. If anyone remembers that misstep, you know. And then now it's she's everywhere. Like it's now we're. I think it might play a little. Like we've done a lot of this, but. I think it helps that Emma Corrin didn't win the Emmy, weirdly. I don't think it matters. I think Not everybody, matters, people, yeah. yeah, people will devour all the Diana content they can. And again, smart of Spencer to not, you know, try to do a traditional biopic. I wouldn't even say a biopic. I mean, it's it's an imagined weekend in the life mm. of this person. Pay attention to the beginning. It says it's a fable. Read that sentence and stick to it. <laughs> grab, grab a dictionary and look up what fable means. <laughs> Some people may not know. But I'm most curious to know how the BAFTA crowd takes to Spencer. Because I want to know what the how the UK, because this is very critical of the royal family. Does not paint them in a very nice. Life. Does anything paint them in a good life? Uh, good this, life? this is, I would say, would you say this is tougher than most stuff that we've seen recently? Because the crown is like, 
obviously it's thing, but this I feel like is. I thought the crown was pretty brutal. Like they just abandoned her in that. They don't really get into that as much in here. I mean, it, it really is just about Diana and that weekend. So also out this weekend, uh, Eternals, which I have not seen yet. I will watch it after this podcast. So I can't weigh in. But it might be the first Marvel movie to be rotten in yeah, quite some time. I was it's like it's like teetering. I wonder if there is, you know, um Chloe Zhao is so beloved for Nomad Land, and some people would say that, you know, that movie was overpraised. So now things are swinging the other way. And a movie that maybe, you know, doesn't deserve to be criticized as harshly as it is. It's look, it's definitely one of the weaker Marvel entries. It for sure. Um, you know, I, but, but like at the same time, it's, it's still a Marvel movie. It still has those moments you cheer for. It has this great cast. Kumail Nanjiani is hilarious. Of course, Angelina Jolie, like kind of like by choice, obviously in a supporting role, really interesting to see. She gets some really good, uh, sly one-liners off. Um, you know, Brian Tyree Henry, Gemma Chan yeah. it's just yeah it's a it's, great cast it's such a, a great, great cast. cast I mean and it's so weird for me to see Kit Harrington and Richard Madden first competing <laughs> over a woman named Cersei <laughs> they knew what they were doing yeah um I just realized by the way I just saw that it's two hours and 37 minutes it's long it is yeah well it's 11 characters and they're trying to give them all their moment and their story, you know. Isn't every movie this year two hours and 37 minutes? No, no. <laughs> we are in short, like we're in short movie season again. Not and true. It, it, I mean, listen, there are some long stuff, but there is also some really good short, like Belfast is short. Uh, the, only, the only one that's really long is uh, Dune and Gucci. House of Gucci. And um, Gucci. Uh, King Richard is over two hours. You don't feel it, but it is over two Gucci, hours. Yeah, King Richard's like two twenty, yeah. but it, but but it flies. Last duel is long. last duel. Yeah, don't yeah. look up. We'll probably be over. So two both hours. of Ridley Scott's movies are like a combined five hours. By the way, <laughs> just put that together. No and time course, to die is almost three hours. Yeah, That's no right. time to die was that long too. So I saw Dune this weekend. Oh. And you saw the movie. Wait, hold on, guys. Mike is contributing <laughs> to the film conversation. Let's Wait, did go. you go out to see it or did you watch I it went, on HBO Max? No, I went out to see it. I good saw on it on you. the big screen. You took good American. Look at you. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'm so glad I did because it's all about seeing those visuals on the big screen. I, I just can't imagine watching it on my tiny little 55-inch flat screen. It, it wouldn't have done it justice. How, how, how old are your kids again? 16 and 12. How did How did they take to it? The 16-year-old dug it. The 12-year-old really? was like, is this movie ever going to end? <laughs> <laughs> See, the, so oh, the, yeah. there was a like a definite like, like contrast. And also the older one is more into sci-fi, more into these kind of stories where uh, like he's the one who I watched Lost with last year. Oh, the younger right. one just had, doesn't have the patience. And so by like – an hour and a half in, he was climbing like onto my wife's chair and like, <laughs> like, can we go? <laughs> so. He was like, where's Zendaya? It's only been seven minutes of her this entire movie. Yeah, there was and not a lot it. of Zendaya. And that's all uh, you're going to get. That's it, seven <laughs> for minutes. For this movie. <laughs> seven yeah. minutes. So, but next we'll, one, she's the lead. Quote yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to the next one. Um, but uh, yeah, at least my older son and I really enjoyed it and enjoyed talking about it afterwards. It was fun to have that conversation and, and read up on it after. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was long. But 
I I enjoyed the experience. So. Which son is the Brooklyn Nine Nine fan? So that's my older son as well. Okay. okay. So the sixteen year old is is our cup he of tea. Good we, that's <laughs> what we want to hang out with. All right. The twelve year olds in the making. Exactly. I'll I'll have the sixteen year old guest on one episode yeah, of the, of the round need, table. We need his take on stuff. <laughs> take him out of school uh, and bring yeah. him here. Uh, last bit to, to, to talk about was my column this, this week, uh, on cinematographers, women cinematographers that are in the running this year. Uh, we in 93 years have only had one female nominated for best cinematography, uh, Rachel Morrison from Mudbound 2017. It's insane. And this year we could have circling three, which would be really good and interesting if that were to happen i think definitely we're gonna get one we're gonna get the second woman nominated and i think that's ari wegner for power of the dog i think that's like i think that's slam dunk she's getting in who are your other two uh alice brooks for tick tick boom maybe or and or claire mathon for spencer that's who i'm thinking she did a beautiful job spencer on spencer beautiful she shot Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, she is she is on fire, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, and people people know her name. People love to work in that. They'll be blown away by her work in Spencer. I think also, if anyone yeah. cracks through, I think it will be, I do think it'll be Ari, because I think Netflix is doing such a great campaign for Power of the Dog. Oh, yeah. And you tweeted about it yeah. today. Like, they're doing their first after, after screening. After screening. Um, yeah, I don't know if all three will break through. I think one, knowing the ASC and their history. So I think, yeah, I'm, my money's on Ari. Yeah. I think Ari is a given. Yeah. I think that's happening, yeah. She also um, shot Zola this year, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Very, very different looking movies. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, Claire, Claire Mathon shot two, which is Spencer and Petite Maman. Uh, Alice Brooks did two, Tick, Tick, Boom, and In the Heights. And I think In the Heights is shot beautifully as well. And then two for, um, what was the other one we were just talking about? <laughs> Ari, Ari, Ari Wagner, Claire Mathon. Oh, Alice, Alice, yeah, Claire Mathon, Alice. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I said it. Oh, yeah, I said three, yeah. Um, You were saying something, Janelle. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, not no. I. There's a oh. few that are doubling up. I mean, you've got Linus Steinbrenn. These, they're not females, obviously, but um, Linus Steinbrenn <laughs> did double up yeah. and No Time to Die, and Darius Walston's got... Gucci and Last Duel and Greg Frazier did oh, no, Mandalorian no. and Dune. So, um, other other women that are in the running, uh, Paula. I don't know how to say her last name. Hoodie Dobro. I, I'm probably mutilating them. Sorry. From Coda. Coda was shot by oh, a woman. I love Coda. Yeah. Uh, Lost Daughter shot by a woman. Helene Lovard. It's shot very very well. And uh, Maurice Alberti shot Denzel Washington's upcoming A Journal for Jordan. Uh, do we know uh, if that's under two hours or not yet? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm dying to know. I like. I like. I, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna text Denzel after this. I'm gonna like, go. D, what up? How long's your movie, man? Um, also, new phone. Uh, who dis? An, Annette. Yeah, new phone. Who did? He would say that. Annette is shot by a woman. Caroline. Champ, I Champ, love Annette. Champetier. I think you say it. Um, and there's something else. There was other significant one. Oh, God. Annette is, is stunning looking, and I wish Annette yeah. was resonating more with voters because I love that movie. And I think that it's ridiculous Adam Driver isn't a slam dunk for that performance. I think the main thing is there is no lack of women this year at all. and More than usual, but still not enough. 
Uh, Shiva Baby, by the way, also shot by a woman. So, yeah, the, the big connection I wanted to make was that women that are in the running this year, I found a little, the major ones that we're talking about here, are all, the women that are in the running for cinematography were either directed by a woman or by a man from an underrepresented community. And I think that's that was very interesting just to see and say, I think white guys, directors, you can add a woman to your roster and uh, do some good stuff there if you give them the opportunity. So I'm not saying it's like it's it's you know it's on purpose, but it's just something I notice in this uh, observation. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, and oh, oh, sorry, Hall, Denzel oh. is calling Clayton now. Yeah, guys, that's D calling. <laughs> What's yeah, the run time? That's a call. That's a call. D back. Hey, D. <laughs> What's up, D? How's it going? Uh, but that's all we got. The for that's all we got topic wise. I don't want to talk about anything else. We're done with this. Right? <laughs> let's let's just go back to this week's succession. Wow, where are things going now, man? It's well, I know because I watched next week's episode. I cheated. Yeah. Well, I bet you oh, did too. Oh, no, I like to savor it. I, I only try to go one week ahead because, yeah, I, and I'm afraid I might accidentally spoil something. Are you enjoying this season more than any other season? Is this the best season yet? Or you think it's like well, so finding its way? Three episodes in, right? It's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot, though. I'll say that. Every episode hard. just gets better than the last one, right? I have to say that. I can say it. Oh yeah, Kathy Ann uh, directed this this week's episode. I noticed that too. So this was uh, another fun episode. Um, uh, my, Mike, what'd you think of that Atlanta trailer? Ah, I can't wait. If, doesn't it feel like it's been forever? It's, been it's, so it's like long. seven years. Like yeah. it's it's been like Pennywise. Like we killed him when we were kids, and now he's back twenty seven years later. What a strange yeah. metaphor. <laughs> I, 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 can I just, you know, funny, I just watched chapter two the other day. <laughs> Do you want um, to kill Atlanta? I don't understand but, this but, metaphor. Uh, but speaking of Brian Tyree Hen- uh, Henry that you you mentioned earlier, um, Paperboy. It's uh, the, the saga of Paperboy. He is, he to me in the Eternals, his, he has the, the story that personally sort of like captured my heart because you see the stakes of it. He's, he's an Eternal trying to live just a normal life with his husband and kid. And by the way, the kid who plays his son is just the most adorable child you'll really? ever see in your life. Yeah, oh. yeah. So I, it, it, movie, movie picks up a lot when he appears. That's great. That's great. He's one of my favorites. Just and such a good dude too. Um, other things. Speaking of Sunday nights, um, I gotta say, I, I feel like Curb Your Enthusiasm is is sort of back on track. Uh, they, they've been having some solid episodes so far, and I've watched a couple ahead, and there's some good ones coming up too. So even though that show's been on for again sixty years, I think. <laughs> So about, when, I think, about as long I think as Larry's it, been alive. I think it, yeah, I think it premiered at the dawn of television. Period. Yeah. But, oh, 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 is there any show that has it? Like, technically, is what season eight, seven? Curb. No, it's Curb. An eleven. Curb is it eleven. Season eleven. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But over a twenty-two-year period. Yeah, because he took a long break too. Because really, it started in the year two thousand. But um, and and he was like. He looks the same as he did 20 years ago, which means he just was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't he, know how. He, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's not really a compliment. You're not saying, <laughs> no, no. Like, yeah, no, but there, he has like the Leslie Nielsen thing going on. Like Leslie Nielsen yeah. was always that. 
And then he was born like, 60. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and I realized the other day about Tommy Lee Jones, and I was watching The Fugitive on HBO Max, and I was like, he's always looked like this. Like he's never been young. What about Christopher Lloyd, who's finally old enough to be playing Doc Brown? I know. But he played him yeah. like 30 years ago. Yeah, that's the benefit of playing so old in 1985. Uh, yeah. Multiple times he always <laughs> yeah. played way above his age. He was probably like 18 when he was on Taxi, and we just didn't know it. Um, I just want to give a shout out since you mentioned Curb Your Enthusiasm, the actress who plays Maria Sophia, the quote unquote bad actress that Larry is being forced to cast in his show. It is so hard to play bad acting and not go ridiculous with it or <laughs> totally over the top. I hope I'm not butchering her name. I believe it's Kayla Montes- Monteroso Mejia. She is so, so good. And it looks like we're going to get to see more of her next episode. I can't wait. What a yeah, terrible yeah. attempt at enunciating that Janelle. I'm sorry. Do you I, want I, me to roll I, my I, 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 I can, I can never be hard on you for enunciating things. So I'm just taking the opportunity for trying for trying. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, she, she's, she's great. And, uh, and, and, you know, love, uh, uh, yeah, just all the, the, the guest stars this season so far. Yeah. So, uh, next up AFI next week. Ooh. Are you, Mike, are you going to go? Mike, are you gonna go anywhere? Are you gonna go to it? Like, go see a movie? Do they show uh, shows at? Uh, they do. They're showing uh, Netflix's uh, Voir is gonna premiere there. Am I allowed at AFI? Will they let me in? Is, uh, <laughs> you, you, you can. We are gonna ask you a movie question on the way in, though. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll see if I pass. I'll see if yeah. I pass. Yeah, I am moder. I am moderating uh, two things. What are there. you doing? Uh, jockey with Clifton Collins Jr., our guest from last week. Um, and, uh, who we are documentary. Oh, great. That's my favorite doc of the year so far. I love that documentary. I wish people need to see that. I think if it doesn't make it so people didn't watch it, but it's really good. Your favorite doc of the year until Tiger King two premieres on Netflix. (laughs) Which, which, but wait, by the way, Hold on. Also, shout out to Lawsuit by Carol Baskin. Uh, Carol yeah. Baskin. Um, I've heard that the grapevine, like, they haven't screened it for anyone yet. Is that. Why would they? Like, yeah, do you there's, think they're there's, just going to drop it, like, yep. when they want? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what they're going to do because there's no benefit. It's it's not going to be well reviewed. <laughs> it's not going to be on the top 10 list. So. It's uh, that's that's smart on Netflix's uh, part. Just throw it out there. And I let can't wait for Mike. Understand. I can't wait for Mike to release his top ten in the series like Tiger King <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah, number one. All right. Well, until next week, all y'all. Thanks for joining us. After the break, Dakota Johnson, star of the Netflix feature The Lost Daughter, from Los Angeles. This is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. Netflix's The Lost Daughter was one of the first movies to shoot during the early days of the pandemic. Dakota Johnson plays Nina, a young woman overwhelmed by the responsibilities of motherhood and the toxicity of her relationship with her daughter's father. After debuting at many of the fall film festivals, the movie, as well as Johnson's performance, has received critical acclaim, which has brought a palpable amount of awards buzz. We talk about what a chance at nabbing an Oscar nomination would mean to her, 
following in the footsteps of her mother, Melanie Griffith, who received her own nomination for Working Girl in 1988. She talks about her future projects, including Persuasion, the upcoming Jane Austen adaptation from Netflix, that also co-stars Henry Golding and Richard E. Grant. We begin by discussing what it's like to be back out in the world, in person, promoting her film. It's actually not weird at all. It's it's so nice to see human beings watching movies. Uh, and you're here with The Lost Daughter, because mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal decided to make a movie in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. which is awesome, and you're fantastic in it. Thank you. Um, how did you get involved with this? Because... You're so amazing in it. And it's a very different role that we've seen of you before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I read the script that Maggie wrote and was just sort of floored by it. And then I had lunch with her. We had lunch in New York. And I was so... I was caught off guard with how brilliant the script was. And I hadn't ever read something so honest And so at times, you know, raw almost to being uncomfortable, but still so honest and human. And Maggie, I had met her a couple times before, but um, getting to speak with her and speak to her about the project, she has this depth to her that is infinite. She has a really brilliant mind and heart and she's a seeker of truth whether it's in her filmmaking or her acting or her conversation or even her I think her choice of actor her casting you know so um that's how I how I got involved luckily she wanted me to be a part of it probably not as much as I wanted to be a part of it but (laughs) But, but but bad enough that, you know, you got it. And and again, you're fantastic. And it, uh, working with Olivia Coleman, Academy Award winner, Olivia Coleman, excuse me, I have to be respectful. Yeah. Um, how was it working alongside her? Because she is a masterful actor and she makes it look so easy that I hate it. So is, is, is it just like that on set? Because she's also so bubbly and full of life mm-hmm. when she's not acting. Yeah, I think it, I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but it looks like it actually is genuinely easy for her. I don't know what else to say. She's she's a wonderful woman. She's so wonderful. I love her. And um, she's a really good friend. And she's just, that's just what she does. She's just that good. And it's, and it, I mean, it, it, maybe she's fooling everyone and she's, you know, like, doing loads of prep and <laughs> rehearsal on her by herself and secretly but, taking over the world but and I'm stuff. like no because we were together all the time all the time before before work after work you know at lunch so I think it just does happen for her that way going through your career uh this this is a very different role Nina uh suffers from postpartum I think we can say it's postpartum uh depression or just some type of affliction uh that comes with having a young child and you yourself don't have children yet so what research did you do for getting into sliding right into nina because it looked it fit well for you in the the moment so how did you prep for it well i don't know if there's a uh first i don't know if if it's a postpartum depression i think it's more of a 
circumstantial depression. It's an existential depression, mm -hmm. you know? It's, yeah. it's not um, something so simple that can have a label on it. I think, uh, yes, I don't have children. I'm not a mom yet. And I, I think there was something about how honest... Maggie's writing, and and also you know the 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 book, the Lost Daughter. Elena Ferrante writes women, really, r truly, you mm -hmm. know, really honestly, and she's one of the few writer, like contemporary writers, who's really doing that. Um, I mean, there's a lot like Lisa Tadeo, and there's women who are who are really writing women, and I think that's amazing. I haven't seen it so much on screen like I have in this. Um, but I guess with Nina, the, the thing that I liked was that it's so human to have complicated thoughts around womanhood and motherhood. You know, it's maybe not okay to do things that harm or hurt other people, but having the thought is, is an, or having the feeling is so okay. It's so human. And you don't see that depicted on screen these days or for a long time you haven't but I think I mean you're starting to more now like you know and I may destroy you or lost daughter you know but yeah I I don't know the motherhood part of it I think I think there's a lot of women in me and there's a lot of a woman is never just one thing thank you uh this is my favorite performance from you and that I just need you to know the weight of that because I am a, a lover of peanut butter Falcon and bad times at the <laughs> El Royale. So Thank I want you, you to know how much that means. I say that, um, you are generating a little bit of awards buzz. I am the film awards editor. So I have to talk about this part. <laughs> if Oscar comes knocking on your door, uh, come February when nominations are announced, what does that do for you? How does that make you feel? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty bizarre thing to think about. Um, I feel just really honored to be a part of this film mm -hmm. and to have it be seen and to have Maggie be getting the, the recognition that she so much deserves, um, as an artist, as a filmmaker and, and to spend time with everybody you know, going around and talking about the movie. We all love this movie so much and we love each other so much. So I'm like really high on the love right now. But on that, I, I don't, I can't think about anything else. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> um, coming up in your, in your filmography, Persuasion, which has everyone excited, mm -hmm. really excited. Uh, Jane Austen uh, novel, you're playing Anne Elliot. What can you tell us about it? Because the world is ready for it. Another <laughs> um, Netflix venture, by the way. Yes, another Netflix. I, I love Netflix. Um, I'm having a good time with them. I um, Persuasion, this is a sort of a modern telling of, of the story, but it's not it's not set in modern days. It is it is a period film, it is a costume drama, but there's, I don't know, Jane Austen really holds up. And um, there's not much that you have to do in order for it to be relevant. 
applicable today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really, you really don't need to do much. I think, you know, what's really interesting to me is that the film is incredibly diverse and that is really radical. I don't, I don't know another Jane Austen period drama <laughs> that, yeah. that has such an incredible diverse cast and that I find to be like really, really exciting. When you and I were at Telluride, you were very, very excited about three projects that you're working on that you also produce, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, mm-hmm. um, Daddy-O, and Am I Okay? Mm-hmm. Anything you can share about that? Because Cha-Cha Real Smooth, you sold to me very, very well. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for, for that one. Yeah, Cha-Cha, I think Cha-Cha is going to be, I mean, I, I can't really speak to it yet because we're still in the edit, but we're like very, very newly in the edit. Um but we literally actually only finished that movie a month ago. So it's, you know, Coop, did you ever watch Shit House? Yes. Okay. So um, Cooper is just a really special filmmaker and writer and director and actor. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got a very specific tone that is relatable for so many people, I think. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I feel optimistic. We'll see. I can't say anything yet because what if it sucks? You know, you never know what's going to happen in the edit. I mean, yeah, there's always that. that Until I get my hands on it. I mean, it's a Dakota needs to that, right? Yeah, you have to uh, become one of your alter egos of Roderick Gaines. That's what the Coen brothers go by when they edit their movies. They right. just don't say that it's Coen. So right. we'll, we'll get you a good alter ego okay. when this is all done. That's fine. Um, if you don't mind me asking about your mother, Melanie Griffith, who yes. is an Academy Award nominee, Melanie mm-hmm. Griffith, who was nominated before you were born, like literally the year before you were born. Yeah. And I wanted to know how her, obviously and your father, uh, how, how have they influenced your acting career in terms of your technique and skill? Um, I don't know. I, I think how they influenced it, I guess, was by having me because <laughs> <Fair laughs> I grew up on set. You know, I grew up surrounded by amazing actors and directors and in in different places. So I guess my my ability to adapt and and melt into situations and places and characters came from just the life that, that they gave me. When you look at kind of your your place in in the industry and what you want for yourself in the future in terms of roles um what do you find yourself attracted to like what are you seeking out particular types of characters are you wanting to really lean heavily into producing maybe one day direct or write um right now i mean i'm still very much interested in acting and I think that I always will be. I, I hope I'm still doing this job when I'm, you know, an old lady. But I, I don't know. There's different, different things ignite different things in me. So yeah. I want to tell stories that just keep people glued to the screen. And I want to make things with great people. And I want to... I want to move people's hearts, you know, and I want I want to also explore myself as an as an artist. So directing, yeah, I I 
I would do that for sure. I, I made a music video and I love music like beyond, beyond, beyond. And I, I'm more, I think I'm more of a like music nerd than I even am a movie nerd because it's mm -hmm. purely emotional. You know, when I watch movies, I'm, I'm, it's almost like I'm working. But when I'm listening to music, it's, it's, I, I'm not a musician. So I, it's only an emotional relationship that I have. And I think making music videos is something that I will want to do forever. Do you not play any instruments or anything? Do you like play piano? I like a tiny bit of piano. I learned piano for a couple movies. Um, and then I learned a little bit of cello, but you know, I don't know, maybe one day I'll want to spend a lot of time pick up a guitar and just do it <laughs> yeah um, just jam we'll, we'll wait for it uh <laughs> my last question for you is your fans on social media are passionate about you and are when they? i say yes in, in a good way like they <laughs> like they're very loud very passionate they're they're ride or dies which are good people to have near that's you. nice um they are excited for your careers excited for everything you know you've you've been doing even creating memes of you, like the Ellen meme has been everywhere and it's been one of the greatest things to watch unfold. What, um, do, are you tapped into that, I guess that fandom of yourself and do you, do you, do you, do you hear that the same way? Like journalists hear it. Like when we mention you, our mentions and our Twitter's likes are through the roof. Really? Yes. It's, it's they're They, they love you. Wow. I didn't know. I don't, I, I'm not aware of that. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit um, I keep my distance from social media. I think it's, it's healthy. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it just been like you just don't want to get uh, lean into the toxicity of of social media, or just it's just better for you to stay. Disconnected. I just don't think I need to know those things. You know, I I love my privacy. I love yeah. my quiet life, and I I also love when I come out to you know, talk about a movie and mm -hmm. there's people who love it. You mm -hmm. know, I think that that's healthy. But then I also, there are some really amazing, I'm kind of like a voyeur when it comes mm. to social media. Okay. You're like <laughs> watching the fire happen <laughs> yeah. and, and not getting a fire extinguisher, just let it burn. That's good. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not involved, but I, but I, there's some like incredible comedians on Twitter that I love. And, um, obviously I, follow the news but yeah you should create a tiktok they probably would follow you to i the end don't of time. know what the like where to even begin with what that is it's very overwhelming it's very like even to create it's just going to be uh, for you it would probably be easy because you could just like look at the camera and just like throw it up and say hi and it would go viral for other people that want to like be a part of it it's it's very overwhelming i just don't even know what what it is it's but just, we it's, can it's, talk it's, about it's that life. Later. It's life. We will bring it up. But uh, <laughs> I thank you so much for this time. Um, again, you are fantastic in the movie. Really looking forward to everything that you're going to continue to do and looking very much forward to Persuasion and Cha Cha Real Smooth. Cha Cha thank Real you. Smooth, I'm sorry. I'm just like, you, you sold it to me in the best way possible. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm ready for it yesterday. Okay, great. All right. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much. That's Dakota Johnson, star of Netflix's The Lost Daughter, which hits theaters December 17th and will be available on Netflix starting December 31st.
Make sure to come back tomorrow for our interview with Jamie Dornan, star of Belfast from Focus Features. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit.